Welcome, everybody, to episode 48 of Ride the Pine. This is a podcast where two friends discuss sports with a side of anxiety and a lot of doubt. Good bit of doubt, actually. I am your host, Dan, joined by my good friend, Tom. Tom, how are you, my buddy? Doing good, and we are quickly approaching episode number 50. How about that? Yeah, it's crazy how time flies. I know. But how uh, you been? How's everything going with you? (laughs) Things have been busy, you know. Yeah. know uh, work, uh, work. I got a lot of added uh, stuff put on my plate as yeah, of that's late. Always um, sucky. It's, 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 it's a lot, but you know, it's making the day go by even faster now. So that's. Uh, well, that is true. Yeah, that definitely it, helps. You know, it uh, definitely helps. Slow days at work are some of the worst things in the world. So I guess busy is good, but too much busy is bad. So hopefully, it's a nice balance of good busy and bad busy. No, I completely agree. Yeah, and uh, you know, still trying to stream a little bit, and yeah, you yeah. know, trying to keep up with the sports. I mean, it's been crazy the amount of stuff that's been happening. This yeah, summer. this has like, been a particularly busy summer, that's for sure. You know, I you know, I figured, you know, oh, football season's done. We're not going to have that much to talk about, and boy, was I wrong. Football, <laughs> hockey, and basketball are done, and we're still covering so many different types of sports now. So yeah, it's yeah. it's amazing, but it's um, fun. So I know this this is a big big day for you and big day for for women's sports. Yes. Do we have the be Do we have the beginning of a dynasty, Tom? Uh, you know what? I I was looking at it and we already have that. Um, if you look up the stats of the women's World Cup, uh, I was looking at the wiki page because they actually broke down pretty nice. The first World Cup was in 1991. Since then, the United States has been uh, either the winner, second place, or third place, or, or I guess this chart shows fourth, but this doesn't apply to the United States. So either wins, runner-ups, or third place eight times. The next closest is Germany with five. So wow. the U.S. has just always been good at soccer on the women's stage. Now this team, yeah, I I can definitely see how... Uh, one would think that we, you know, we might be looking at a dynasty. This is back-to-back World Cups, um, a lot of new faces, but a lot of familiar faces. And I mean, if you even look, so we, you know, breaking news. If you haven't heard, the United States won the World Cup. Um, so we won this year. We won in 2015. Um, we had a runner-up in 2011, the World Cup right before. A third place in 2007. So we've been top three. Every single year, it's pretty fascinating. Uh, now this this game was uh, pretty. It was a pretty intense game. Uh, went a half. It was zero zero. U.S. and and Netherlands were tied zero zero. So it could really go any way. And then the U.S. just turned it up a notch, and they were just like, "Nah, we want this." And it was too much for the Netherlands. So two nothing, two nothing final for the U.S., which is pretty pretty dominant. Yeah, and, and what I like about this team, though, is going forward, you know, you do have a couple players who are probably going to be a little bit older at the next World Cup. Yeah. But you got a lot of younger, like, early 20s yeah. players who are just who are just lights out who, over the next four years, can't have a chance to, like, get even better, if that's even possible. Sure, yeah. And, and FIFA announced, like, in the middle of this World Cup that they're going to try to make the uh, women's circuit... Um, better 
in their you know advertise more so more people pay attention to it and uh, help build the youth system in there so that way we can continue this process um, so with FIFA at least verbally backing uh, the women's side of soccer you can you can definitely expect this team to get better it's hard and to believe that but yeah. not only that uh what, what's actually great to see is uh espn as much as a lot of people uh, bash espn for you know only covering, covering two right sports, sports. Yeah, yeah that yeah. they actually came up the other day because of the success of the world cup and i think i mean honestly it's warranted the women's pro- uh, professional soccer league i think right. it's either called the wmls i think i think it's that's what it's called yeah i think so they're going to start airing their games on ESPN now. Uh, I don't know why they weren't before. Wow. But I think what they're going to start doing is they're going to be starting to play their games like it's like a nationwide audience on ESPN and ESPN2. Well, I bet you it has something to do with rights. You know, like the reason why ESPN can't show hockey games, they don't have the rights to it. NBC does. So it might have something to do with that. Or, to be completely honest, and the truth is there there was probably not enough interest. But back-to-back World Cup champions definitely generate some interest. So oh, absolutely. If if that's what it took for women's soccer to become more popular in this country, then fine. You know, I mean, that that's a lot more that a team had to do to become popular than other sports. But again, you're starting to see now a lot more interest. And I, I kind of wonder if it's just because of the hype, like right now, like how, where are we going to be in a couple of months? Are people still going to remember this kind of thing? Hopefully they do, because if they do, and uh, the United States starts putting more money into the women's team, you know, we, there's no reason why we can't win it again next time in four years. And what's kind of funny, though, is there's one – I read a report from um, Bleacher Report. They always uh, update me on, like, the latest breaking news, and it's been great. Um, came out yesterday after the World Cup finished uh, that a certain rapper from L.A. came out and said that the women should be paid athletes. Of course. Just just like the men. And, yeah, you know, this is back to our discussion about even, like, college athletes and things like that. And that rapper, as much as he loves to, to smoke the Mary Jane. Snoop Dogg? He's absolutely right in it. It was Snoop Dogg. <laughs> Snoop's always been kind of big on this kind of thing, though. I, I've heard uh, I've heard his opinion on, on uh, equal representation. I mean, him as a black man has been, you know, saying the same thing for other black people uh and i've heard him say the same thing about women too and you know that's that's a fair point and they should he's 100 percent right and, and you know not to bring this up but his niece is actually a wrestler in wwe and he actually had come out and said that what they're doing just in sports in general and they've done it in wrestling too recognizing the women as credible athletes not as just objects right is is an amazing step just in sports in general Oh, sure. I I know people are going to say, you know, it's scripted, it's wrestling, it's whatever. But the fact that they're making these pushes to kind of put the women at the forefront, not as like, oh, lingerie pillow fight. Like, no, that's no. Right. These are credible athletes that, that these are credible athletes who can do just as well as the men can do. Now, your wrestling needs other work, like allowing those wrestlers to unionize so they can have medical benefits so when they do get hurt, 
the WWE doesn't just get to turn a blind eye. That's one of my yeah, biggest I, issues with them. And they I can agree. They, every time there's an issue like that, uh, they just they're able to turn their eye and they're like, oh no, mm-hmm. they're, they're kind of contractors. They don't actually work for us. Oh, is that how you get by that? So yeah, good good start, great start. But you know, wrestling a lot, needs a lot more. No, work. I, well, I mean, I think just in general, women's sports, there's so much more to do to kind of like get them the recognition recognition I that know. they deserve. Yeah. But this is a great start. Oh yeah, it's great. And and like like we were saying before, winning back-to-back World Cups and being as dominant as they are definitely helps. Definitely helps. Um but you know, with all that aside, congrats to this US team. Uh, this was this was a fun run. There were some close games. Uh, I mean, all the way back from the round of sixteen, uh, they won two to one versus Spain, then two to one versus France, then two to one versus England. So these are there weren't blowouts like that one game that they had earlier in the year. What was that final? I forgot. It was it was an absurd amount of, of goals, thirteen something. A thir- I think it was thirteen nothing against yes. poor. Uh, was it Thailand? Uh, maybe, maybe, uh, I'll have, we'll have to check it, take a look at that. But yeah, I mean, these were great games. There was controversy in, in a few of them. And, uh, we were wondering, I think it, was it for the England U S matchup? Why uh, Rapinoe wasn't playing or Rapino? I've heard it both ways. I don't know. I've heard it both one. ways as well. I, I, I've been saying Rapinoe. That's just the way I see it, but I don't know. I heard somebody say Rapino. I don't like Rapino. I like Rapino. So we're going to go with Rapino. <laughs> we're we're going to go with that. We're going to go that route. Yeah, and if we're wrong, really wrong, then just you know, leave me alone. Um, you know, well, congratulations <laughs> to the women's team, though. Yeah. Also, congrats really. to the Netherlands, by the way, because I both of us did not see Netherlands making it to the finals. <laughs> I mean, I mean, with Netherlands having a potential against Sweden and Germany, and they ended up. Outlasting both. I mean, it's pretty impressive. Well, I also looked at this. Japan has also... Japan won the uh, Women's World Cup in 2011. And they were runner-up last time. So the Japanese team, which is the first team that they beat down uh, in the round 16, was, you know, one one of the favorites. Like no, yeah, they were no slouch by any now, means. Now beating Italy was not really the biggest surprise because Italy was kind of like a the Cinderella story of this whole thing, uh, and then to beat Sweden, who by the way went and beat England two to one to finish in third place. Um, but you know they had a decent, you know they had to beat some good teams. Sweden was the next favorite next to the United States from most analysts' point of view. And then Germany. So either way, they would have had to play one of those. They played Sweden, and they shut them out one one nothing, which yeah. is not easy to do against an apparently good team. Right. So, so congrats on uh, to Netherlands too. They deserve yeah. some some something in this. I don't. Th- I I think that was their first. Yeah, that was their first ever top top three or top four even. So congrats. And, That's pretty cool. And Sweden ended up winning third place. They beat England. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, it's yeah. Which but, I mean, is, still. Yeah, f- everyone good thought for, that they good were for England too. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I guess they finished in third place last time, so I guess this team is one of those up and coming. And they almost, you know, they could have finished in third again. So maybe England is um, one of those teams that by next World Cup they'll be one of the top. But now you look at the United States team, and like you said, there's so many young players on that team 
I, I don't expect this team to just fizzle out anytime soon. No, definitely not. But, uh, yeah, so the United States is uh, winners again, second World Cup in a row. But, and in soccer, Dan, I mean, I can't even put it in comparison because don't forget, like, when you're in the World Cup, do you know who your teams are, like who you're playing against? It's the, uh, the world. It, right, exactly. <laughs> so to, to beat the world two times in a row – is like almost unheard of. Only a few teams have really ever done that. Uh, Brazil on the men's side, maybe Italy did. I don't even think Italy did, but I, I think Brazil did. Uh, and then there might be like one or two others. It just doesn't happen very often. So this is a very dominant squad, and they're, they're very impressive. Uh, Rapinoe ended up winning the uh, Women's World Cup equivalent of the Golden Boot, like the best scorer, obviously. I mean, she scored... Oh, I, Every goal, except for the in the England game, <laughs> she was incredible. When her replacement scored the goal, <laughs> so it yeah, was like she was there anyway. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I feel bad for England. They're like, yeah, we don't have Rapinoe. And then Rapinoe's replacement scored. It's like, oh, you're good too. Great. <laughs> you're like, oh, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> like, that was going to be our advantage. Nope, nope, nope. No uh, advantage. This is fun. This is really fun. This is the first uh, Women's World Cup that I, I, I got to watch as much of it as I did. I think I saw a little bit last time. I, I saw the final last time and maybe the semis. This time I watched every U.S. game except for, I want to say, was it Spain? Yeah, I didn't see Spain, the uh, court, uh, the round of 16. But this was uh, definitely well worth the watch. And if you didn't watch it, you didn't listen to us in four years – what is that, 2023? Is that four 2023, years? 2023, yeah, that's four yeah. years. Um, watch it because it's really fun. And if FIFA is going to start putting money into this and they're going to start uh, trying to grow all of these countries' women's programs, that makes the competition even better, makes for even better games. So, and do, do, do they come up with a FIFA uh, soccer game, like, a, like an actual video game? Uh, I bet do you... Do they take that step? I bet you they... Um, they might like make a mode, you know, like how they have the, like even they do have a World Cup game that they came out with years ago for the one in South Africa. But even the newer FIFAs, I think, have a mode for for the World Cup. Like it's not part of your season or anything. It's in the seasons too. So I don't mm -hmm. know. Maybe they maybe they do uh, like put it in the FIFA game, but I don't think they make an actual game. I don't know if the popularity is there just yet. Yeah, hopefully it gets there. I mean, hopefully, that, I think cool. that'd be a big step too. For sure. Um, so from the World Cup, we go to Wimbledon. And before you lead this conversation, yeah, I want to talk about a guy from a small town in Argentina named Guido Pella. <laughs> okay. <laughs> go ahead. He, he took down Milos Raonic. Raonic uh, is Raunich. how he pronounced. Raonic. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he did. And Raonic is a um, big-hitting kind of... I don't know how to explain him. He So his main game is serving, but he also has the ability to have like really good touch around the net and all that. But um, he's also one of those young talents that has just never been able to find it. But he's still a really good player, and any player who plays against him has trouble. He but, had uh, 33 aces. Yeah. 
Yeah. And lost. And lost. Uh, Ow. And I, I, I bet you if you look at the numbers, that's probably low for him on a five-set match because like that's his game. You know, that, that's his bread and butter. Well, considering he had 33 aces to Guido's six. Yeah, yeah. And But, but Milos <laughs> actually had eight double faults. Uh, yeah, I guess that's, you know, that's definitely not the greatest thing. And I, I'm almost willing to bet, I did not see this, this matchup. Um, I'm almost willing to bet that they happened at bad times. Yeah. You know, like, uh, you know, for the, for the game, cause the match went, um, five total sets, um, Raonich won six, Raonich won six, three, six, four on the first two. Yep. Then lost six, three. Seven six. They went to a tiebreaker. They went to two two ending tie. Well, a, a tiebreaker in the fourth set, and then uh, they went to extra an, an extra set in this in the fifth and final set. And yeah, uh, is it is it Pella or is it pronounced? Hey, it, it might be Paya. Is it Paya? I actually don't know. Uh, but but I'm supposed to be imagine, the tennis guy, and, and I don't know. <laughs> imagine being Milos and going back to Canada and being like. Bro, you it's, lost to a no. guy named Guido. No, 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 no. No? <laughs> no, because Guido's actually an extremely common name. Uh, I, in America, people associate it with, like, you know, Italians and, and, and that. Yes. But that's, it, first, that's why I thought it was yeah. interesting. I was like, an uh, Argentinian guy but named a, Guido? But around, around the world, though, it's actually a pretty common name. So, uh, name-wise, no. Raonic uh, going home to Canada. And uh, being attacked for his, you know, not no, winning. No, I'm not eh. saying he's being attacked. No, I'm not. I'm not saying that you were saying that. I'm just saying like I just don't see people caring at all. It's like it's like oh yeah, Milos. I remember him. He still plays. It's that kind of thing. It's like oh he he hasn't won a major yet, has he? No. Oh, okay. Oh Canada, we have <laughs> one player. You know, it's. I'm not too shocked by it. Uh, it sets up for an interesting uh, top set of the of the draw, though. Uh, so numbers one, two, and three, Djokovic, Federer, and Nadal have all advanced to the quarterfinals. Uh, to the time that we're recording, okay. Uh, the f- quarterfinals are set, so that's not surprising. You know, the top three are still in it. The top because of the fourth and everyone else being eliminated early on, Djokovic plays Gofen, uh, the Belgian, uh, who I don't see Djokovic having too much trouble against. I don't know what their career matchup is. With a lot of these matchups, Dan, you have to look at like how they played against each other because yeah, uh, Nadal very quietly almost got upset. Um. When he played, um, I, I can't remember, I can't remember his name right now. Well, I can't remember his name. I'll, I'll, it'll come back to me. Uh, Kyrgios, Nick Kyrgios. Nick Kyrgios came out firing, and Nadal lost a, a, a set, almost lost a, the second set in a row, because their matchup is pretty even. Uh, but Djokovic now has to play Gofan, who, like I said, I don't think is going to have much trouble, and then Pella, and then Batista Agu is going to be the next. So Djokovic. Djokovic should be in the finals. Like, yeah, I, I mean, now the question is, um, you got Djokovic versus Gofan. Mm-hmm. The the matchup for me that I'm most intrigued by no. is actually not the Federer matchup. It's no. actually the Nadal matchup. I love Sam Querrey right now. I think he could be the guy who could shock some people. 
but Maybe. I would, but I also would not be surprised if Nadal beats him. Yeah, it's me neither. It's one of those things where it's like can't be. it could go either way. Yeah, you can't be surprised if to, you can never say Nadal winning and surprised in the same sentence. You just can't. It's Nadal. Nadal has an act for winning everywhere. <laughs> so, yeah, Sam's been playing fantastic. He's been playing great. Um, he beat the uh, another American Sandgren last uh, in the uh, fourth round. I watched that one. Now, it was a little up and down. The final three sets, from what I remember, were intense. <laughs> like, Sam won the first one, the first set, and then they just went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, until Sam Query eventually ended up winning. So, I yeah, that should be a good one. The Federer and Nishikori sounds like a good matchup because Nishikori's the rank, uh, ranked number eight in, the, in Wimbledon, and Federer's Roger Federer. But... Nishikori is also always hurt. He and he was very close to like being one of the top few players. I don't know if you knew that or not. Like Nishikori was right there with Federer and Nadal and Djokovic. He was that close to being one of those guys. And then he just started getting hurt and fatigued. The longer you make Nishikori play, the worse he gets. The more chances that he blows. Federer, on the other hand, kind of just never gets tired, it seems. So I'm looking forward to it because if Nishikori comes out firing, Federer could be in trouble because Nishikori can beat Federer, and I think he probably has because he's that good. But if Federer continues to play like he played against the Italian, uh, Berrettini, Berrettini, whatever, I don't know. I've never heard of him. Yeah, sure. Never heard of this person, but this person made all the way to the fourth round. Like, okay. But Federer was like, yeah, I'm not impressed. And he wins 6 1, 6 2, 6 2. Like, okay, (laughs) okay, Roger, relax, man. (laughs) Give the guy a chance. Can I be honest, though? (laughs) Well, one thing about this Berrettini guy um, is the, the third round matchup he had. I don't know if you can see that where you're at. That was a long game. It had three tie breaks. Uh, in which one? In the third round, uh, he played. Uh, oh, this guy, oh, Schwartzman oh. in the third oh, round. Oh, yeah, Berrettini did. I see. I it think went my Federer seven six seven six six four seven six six three. So you're saying he might have been a tad tired? <laughs> I, I, I I'd say he's just a smidge tired because yeah. Federer went. Seven five six two seven six. Well, let's that's go actually, Yeah, well, I mean, that's still pretty. That's still pretty tight. I mean, he still won in straight sets, so that helps a lot. But this, I mean, oh, uh, this was just a mismatch and a half. And I watched this. This match took like four minutes. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Like I missed half. Like the it's that matchup was today, Dan. Yes, and it was. and it started at like eleven o'clock our time. And I missed the first hour, and Federer was like serving for the match. The I was, I was like, <laughs> "Wait, what do you wait, mean? What happened? Like, I didn't expect to miss the whole damn match. I wanted to see a little bit, and then, no, Federer's like, nope. I'm just gonna, I need as much rest as I can. So Federer is going into his matchup with Nishikori very rested. Yeah, because Nishikori had a had a four set match today. Yeah. Yeah, he did, which is so still not that bad. But no, but going like against guess, a rested Roger Federer is yeah, it's tough. Is going to be tough. bad for your health. And uh, I'm looking at the matchup, and Federer pretty much owns Nishikori, so you can kind of expect Federer if he plays grass court. Federer, he should 
be in the semifinals. And on paper, you should see him face Rafael Nadal. And anytime those two meet is so much fun. I'm really hoping for a Federer-Nadal semifinal. Uh, if you haven't gotten to see them play, Dan, this is your opportunity, hopefully. They are so fun when they play against each other. Just two completely different styles, both you know, two of the greatest of all time. They're the two titans, you know. Uh, hopefully they meet up in the semis. Because, like, like I said, Djokovic is probably going to the finals. And then, uh, briefly, for the women's, the women's bracket is a giant mess, Dan. It's a giant mess. Um, I number, can see that. Even the number one got eliminated. No, no, no. The number one to number six got eliminated. And then we have seven and eight, and then we don't have another ranked until Serena at 11, and then nothing until 19, and that's it. I mean, this is anybody's matchup. Now, the cool story so far was Coco Goff, 15-year-old from the United States, made it all the way to the fourth round before facing uh, former number one, uh, Simona Halep. And Simona just schooled her. uh, 6-3, 6-3 today, I think it was. Or no, I'm sorry, yesterday, I believe. Uh, So she ends up moving on. But, I mean, what a story. 15 years old. And she makes it to the fourth round of Wimbledon. And she beat some players to get there. It's not like she beat Venus. She beat Venus Williams. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Not easy to do. I don't care that Venus is 39 years old. That's not easy to do. So, Tom, am I reading this correctly, that the number three seed in the women's bracket uh, went to a tiebreak of 13-11? Yeah, yeah. So, Am I reading that right? <laughs> probably, yeah. Oh, I see that. I see that. And, oh, my and, God. Uh, Pluskova. Pluskova <laughs> f- fighting Muchova. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I wish you were joking, but that's the names. Um, yeah, thirteen, eleven. Wow, <laughs> that's nuts. That's really how long? How long would that have taken? Uh, it could have been. It could have been a while. It could have been a while. At least two hours. At least just for that oh. set alone. Uh, no, nah, probably not two hours for that Hour and one. Hour and a half. I, I'll tell you what. Um, let me let me look it up quickly. John Isner uh, played in Wimbledon. This was when we were. Like before we went to the uh, to college, you and I. Um, oh, here it is. He played Nicholas Mahout in 2010. Uh, who? Did, uh, yeah, Nicholas Mahout. And do you want to know what the final set was? Oh God, do I want to know? Can like you take 21-19? Wow, good guess. No, go higher. <laughs> what? Go higher. I'll give you three guesses. You can't cheat. What's your next I'm guess? Not, I'm not cheating. Um. You're eating. What the fuck? So, I'm eating a plantain chip. I'm hungry. What I'm is, sorry. What, what is this? <laughs> what is this um, chaos? Um, 25-24? I have Oh, well, that's good. Nope. One more guess. <laughs> oh, my God. 35-33. Wow, that's a lot. Nope. 70-68. to 68. Dan. What? <laughs> that's a thing? I remember... I was visiting the island. I was visiting Hilton Head with my family. And the matchup happened, it started in the morning because it's in England. And we went, did a bike tour through Hilton Head, um, come back, 
and the uh, by then at, in England it's nighttime and it's like 35 to something. So they had to come back the next day and they literally played an entire tennis match again. Now John Isner lost the next round because that I think I think it took like 10 hours or something like that. Oh my god. Yeah, it, it, un- unbelievable. Um Wimbledon has like an act for this like this happens a lot (laughs) oh it took 11 hours and five minutes three days (laughs) oh my god and that was the first round oh it's so it's so amazing I'm sorry. Uh, anyway, Serena Williams is probably at this point the front runner next to Simona Halep. Uh, maybe Svitolina. Maybe. I know she had a run as one of the better players, but Simona Halep and uh, Williams are like two of the you know former number ones. I can see Serena win- uh, winning this one, which would be really cool because like she was no one expected her to win. Now, what do you think of uh, what kind of story would it be if um, Conta wins? Uh, jo- Johanna Conta yeah. from, from yeah, Britain Joe. wins that. Yeah, uh, everyone everyone in calls her Joe. Um, sh- it would be pretty incredible. Pretty incredible. Uh, it's been a very, very long time since a uh, English woman has won in Wimbledon. I don't know exactly what the year is, but... Um, all I can tell you is the pictures that they showed were definitely black and white. So if that can give you sort of a time frame, oh. it's been a long time. Um, England would erupt if this happened. Uh, they, you know, they're already backing her big time, and now she's in the quarterfinals, and she has a very good chance of going to the semis. Now, granted, if she goes to the semis and everything goes correct in the Serena Williams match, Serena will be facing Conta, both of the two, two of the most popular players. In the field, probably the two most popular in the field at this point. Uh, that'll be a f- that'll have a lot of fireworks. But Conta could win. I'm not I'm not ruling her out. I think she could win, and I'm kind of rooting for her or Serena. So, you know, I know we made our picks back a couple episodes ago. Have have your picks changed at all between between the men and the women? Um, no, not for me. Not for me. I, I still. Know, why? What, what do you think? What are you thinking? Well, because uh, my women's pick was number one. Oops. <laughs> um. So I kind of have to pick someone else, and I think. Oh, that's right. And you know, I love the story of an underdog. I love the story of like, you know, hometown person winning. So I'm gonna pick Conta. Uh, I'm. I'm. I'm gonna. It sounds crazy, but I'm I'm gonna go with her. I mean, it sounds like she's been playing very well. Yeah, yeah. I I don't think it's that crazy. I think she's got the the you know, the crowd that's gonna be backing her up the entire time. I think she could definitely do it. Now, granted, she's got to go through Serena or uh, supposedly or potentially gonna go through Serena to do it. So who knows? But she granted could definitely do the it. the girl that's facing Serena. I know Serena is Serena, and she's incredible, but mm-hmm. risky beat the world number one she beat the uh, sorry yeah she beat the ranked number yeah. one in Wimbledon yeah Barty. absolutely and you know what if Serena is not on her game which the only reason why I still pick Serena is because I watched her play and it, it, she's starting to look a lot like old Serena Uh-oh. which 
Yeah, exactly. That exactly. bodes trouble for everybody, that's ba- if that's the case. Exactly. It, the, the women who are in this field do not want to see old Serena playing tennis. <laughs> They're like, no, I like the mother Serena. <laughs> I like I like post, you know, old Serena Serena. Now that like she's starting to roll in sets. Navarro is not a bad tennis player by any means. And to roll over her six two six two is that tells me something. So I, I'm sticking with. I, I think I picked Serena, um, and I know I picked my boy Roger. So they're both still in it. I'm gonna stick with them. They, they, they're my babies. I think they're gonna be okay. So you know, I had picked Barty. So mm. I'm, my pick is now Conta, and okay. I think my original pick was Joker. The Joker. I think he. I think he's. He's yeah. incredibly talented. Yeah, I know. I picked it. Yeah, everyone, you can bully me. I picked the number one. Ooh, I'm so original. But he's so good. <laughs> he's he really, really is. And he hasn't had the hardest field to play against. So he's not incredibly challenged at this point. So if he goes into this matchup against GoFan, who's kind of like the real first big name player he's got to go through, um, he's fresh. He's going to be fresh. And if he gets if he rolls through GoFan with no issues, then Djokovic could easily win this because Nadal and Federer are probably going to beat each other up in the semis if they both make it. It's going to go five sets. It's going to be extremely challenging. A lot of running, and one of those two are going to go into the final a little bit tired, a little more tired yep. than the other. That's that's my thought. Uh, I, I've been wrong before, but Nadal and Federer have beaten each other up over the years, and Djokovic, Djokovic might just be sitting pretty. We'll see, though. Don't underestimate these 20 ranks because they've made it to the quarterfinals, so if they've made it this far, they can go further. Go Guido. <laughs> That's who you should pick. Your, your boy Guido. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I honestly was more shocked than anything that there was an Argentinian man named Guido because I specifically thought Guido was more Italian than so, uh, Spanish. Quick quick historical thing: there's a lot of Italians in Argentina, a lot. Uh, a lot of Italians when they were leaving Italy, uh, World War Two specifically, a lot of them went to South America. So you see a lot in Brazil and Argentina. Actually. Huh. Bra- Brazil has so many Italians that one of the Brazilian league teams is, uh, I I forgot what their name is, but their emblem is an Italian flag. It's an Italian-based team in Brazil. So there's a lot of Italians in South America. So it's not surprising. You you see a lot of... um, a lot of Italian names down in in, uh, South America, which is... You know, I will make... say now the Summer Olympics in, in Rio makes mm-hmm. so much more sense because seeing a bunch of these Brazilian guys with the gold chains and the hairy chests now now okay. it all makes sense. That is stereotyping, <laughs> and I do not approve. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I had to do it. I really did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're showing these videos of guys on the beach and they got the gold chains right. and the yeah, and uh-huh. the yeah. tank tops. And, and all he's that still good saying stuff. it. And he's still saying I'm it. Still, I'm, I'm not, still going. I'm not. Le- I'm not cutting this. It's staying in here, and <laughs> it's gonna be forever heard. <laughs> I'm just saying. Nope. It makes sense. Yep. That's okay. Listen, when Dan, when we come back from break, Dan's gonna have a. Uh, you know, he's gonna be tied to a chair. <laughs> well, well, that's just rude. 
You mess with the Italians. You see, now I'm stereotyping them. Let's just go to break. (laughs) All right. When we get back from break, we got a couple articles we're going to cover from basketball. Was there some, like, insider deals going on? And also, baseball. Is there also something happening with the baseballs being used around major leagues? Stay tuned if you want to hear more. Welcome back, everybody, uh, from our first break. So uh, I'm not tied to a chair. I am fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's coming. It's coming. So my thing that I wanted to talk to you about, I had sent you this article, I believe, earlier today. Okay. Uh, was on the whole thing with Kawhi Leonard. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's been an interesting little thing, uh, development with him, hasn't it? So... My thing was, you know, first you, you hear about he's meeting in Toronto, he's at a hotel, mm-hmm. you know, he's probably getting wine to dine by the Raptors. Sure. That's that's expected. You know, I mean, he's just or the poutine. finals MVP. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> to they, our, they, for our they, Canadian they, viewers or oh, listeners, oh, oh. poutine, uh, you know, like, because oh, that's what they eat. Oh, okay, good, never mind. Good Lord. Um, so... Now that I think about it, I'd want to be poutine. That sounds amazing. Okay, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> moving on. Poutine me. <laughs> Are you <Okay>. done? <laughs> yes, I have you're to the, be. You're the worst. Um, is when Kawhi went to meet with the Clippers and the Lakers. Uh, he was supposed to have his meeting at a hotel in Westlake Village. Uh, the location had been switched from El Segundo at... Kawhi Leonard's request mm-hmm. in a 24-hour span because Kawhi Leonard wanted to meet with Paul George, who happened to be meeting with the Clippers in Westlake Village. Interesting. So Kawhi changed the location last minute, kind of like like I, I think they said 24 hours before they were supposed to meet to a hotel that was actually closer to where Paul George was. And my thing about this is that it seemed like he was meeting with the Lakers kind of just like a, eh, whatever. I'll do it just to humor him. Okay. And I think he knew all along he was going to the Clippers if he could recruit Paul George. And I think that's kind of sneaky and kind of shady. And did he? Yeah, they, they're they both on the Clippers. Oh, they George both? and Kawhi oh, are yeah, both signed here. with the Clippers. Huh. That's interesting. That's and very interesting. Like, after the meeting with the Clippers, I think it was like maybe three days, if not less, <laughs> afterwards, and Kawhi announced he was signing with the Clippers. <laughs> I just read it. I just opened up an article uh, because I looked it up quickly as you were telling that, and the first thing that shows up was uh, Alfred Coffee, ba- uh, Alfred Coffee, which is a uh, coffee chain in Los Angeles, apparently has banned Kawhi Leonard from attending, from going to any of their coffee chains because he didn't sign with the Lakers. <laughs> which I'm sorry, I just find it really funny. It's like because now he's going to be in LA, but he can't go to get coffee at LA Coffee or whatever it's called, Alfred Beans. So yeah, that's that's pretty interesting. So so you is that what you believe? Is it is you there was a little. Uh, personal whining and dining kind of thing 
Uh, I th- I think there's got to be some sort of like in, uh, ulterior motive. I think he never truly knew he was going to um, sign with the Lakers. I think in his gut he knew he was going to sign with the Clippers as long as he could coax Paul George to sign but with the Clippers too. Is that illegal? Doesn't sound illegal. It it, it if to me it. It actually, it, I don't think it is illegal, mm-hmm. but I think it's very shady, and it, well, it it comes across as like, "Hey, I'll sign with them if you do," type of deal. Like what? Again, like you and I have talked about, what happened to loyalty? Well, yeah, no, there's no loyalty, so you almost have to just throw that away, Dan. Like you can't even, we can't even talk about that because there's just no loyalty. It doesn't matter. But if you think about it, if every one of these players is going to a place, a new team with somebody. I mean, look at Durant. Durant didn't go to Brooklyn alone. Uh, LeBron didn't go to the Lakers alone. Kind of did, but not anymore. Um, if you just choose to go to the to the Clippers and you don't have that second player or third, in a lot of cases, might be needed, they end up you have a chance. So, I mean, it kind of makes sense to me, though, because like you ha- you almost have to. If he goes to the Clippers and he has no one with him now. He's going to go to the Clippers, and they're not going to do anything, and then everybody's going to look at him and say, well, you should have signed with the Lakers, which I still think he should have, by the way. I don't know why. If, if you're going to choose between the Clippers and the Lakers, you, I don't know why you choose the Clippers. It makes no sense to me. But I don't know. I, I kind of think that that's a smart choice. Shady, yeah. for sure. It's shady, but you know it's definitely the, the, what he felt was the best choice for him. And I like how Toronto responded with like, you know, best of luck. Uh, of thank you for bringing the championship to the, our city. We greatly appreciate all that you did. Things like that. Very classy. Very classy move from Toronto. Toronto um, has a big problem. They're not Los Angeles. That's their problem. Yeah. And they're not New York. They're not. You know, it's Toronto, Canada. I love I love Canada and I love Toronto. But it's not it's not one of these glamorous cities where the paparazzi and the media is going to be all over you. It's Toronto. You know, I was talking to a couple of my friends who used to follow basketball a lot and then they kind of faded away and like a couple of them didn't even know Kawhi was on the Raptors until the finals or until the playoffs. Because it's so kind of low key over there. Now, you go to LA, it doesn't matter if you're a Clipper or a Laker. Everyone's gonna know about it, and when you know when we're talking about this lack of loyalty and this me 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 kind of thing, that's what it's all about. It's like the New York spotlight, the, the or, or the New York market or the LA market. That's what really lifts you up, because even Kevin Durant, right? Think of Kevin Durant when he was on Oklahoma. Fine. Everyone knew who he was and all that, but then he goes to a, a, a much bigger market, and all of a sudden, everyone in the world is talking about him. Right. I think that has a lot to do with that kind of thing, because it's all about me. Me, me, me. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um, but uh, regardless, you know, uh, I, th- I think it's, it's a good move. The Clippers just became a much better team now with yeah. those two players. Um, it changes I, the... The dynamic of the NBA even more. Like now yeah. we see all these teams that have a, a good chance at actually doing something. It's not just two teams anymore, which personally gets me excited for basketball because I, I hate seeing two teams go at it. It's like the whole NBA is now in on it. 
Yeah, and you know the thing that I'm most excited about, you know, as a Celtics fan, I'm excited to have Kemba Walker wearing the green and white. But I'm also excited for a player who was actually undrafted, who actually are you ready for this, Tom? Sure. He's bigger than Yao Ming. Wow, that's possible. Seven foot seven. Oh my god. Two hundred and ninety-six pounds. See, I don't know why that kind of a player gets undrafted. Like, you're telling me you can't figure out what to do with him? I can. You put him in front of the net <laughs> and you let things happen. Like, you can um, have no athletic skill at all. And you're 7'7", you're going to do good. Right? <laughs> and the best part is, Tom, is his name. What's his name? Taco Fall. Stop. Stop it. That's not his name. It is 100% his name. No, it's not. Taco Fall. T-A-C-K-O-F-A-L-L. T-A-C-K-O? Yes. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. You're not lying. This is a real person. Well, okay, 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 okay. So that's not his That's not his first name. Oh, and he's... Um, so, so he's from Senegal. He's from Senegal. Okay. Okay, so it's not like a joke name. Okay. No. Actually, looking at his full name, I'm glad he chose Taco because I could not pronounce any other. He has like five names, and I couldn't pronounce any of them except for Taco Fall. So, so please, check, I, please check your phone. I sent you a picture. This is him playing college basketball for University of Central Florida. <laughs> that's so dumb. <laughs> but that's what I mean. Like, if you you can't figure out what to do with him... Come on. Just the picture that Dan just sent me is Taco, my new favorite player, by the way, standing in front of the net. And this little guy who's probably six foot four (laughs) trying to go around him. And he just like, I mean, it's all Taco. He's it's it's the best name. It really is. Dan, he he, this the guy that he's guarding goes up to his crotch. (laughs) You can, how, what? I'm speechless. I don't know. I'm more speechless on the fact that, like, no one drafted him. Everyone's looking at this 7'7 guy and they're like, oh, yeah, we're not going to be able to make him work. What? What are you talking about? Like, like, like look at Yao Ming. He he, he became, like, a household name. I know. Yeah, he's not the fastest or the nimblest or whatever. No, absolutely not. He got rebounds and blocks galore. That's all you need. That's all you need. That's all you need. His wingspan is eight foot. And he weighs 311 pounds. His shoe size is 22. (laughs) (laughs) Both of my feet together don't equal one of his feet. I'm serious. Yeah. They don't. <laughs> that, that's isn't that ridiculous? Yeah, that's on. That's ungodly. And and he's a Celtic. He is a Celtic. He just got he got signed, and they're gonna see how he does in the summer league. But if Boston doesn't keep him around, they're oh, dumb. Like I'm sorry. Even 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 if he has no athletic ability, which I don't believe is possible, if he has no athletic ability, you still keep him on the team, and it. I mean, just let him guard the net. Oh, he's don't ever let him move. Never. Just say, there's the net. We create a little circle for you. Stay there. Don't worry. It'll, we'll play four on five on the other end. Don't worry about it. You stay there. That's what I would do with him. And no one would ever score. We'd win, you know, like 65 to nothing every game. 
Like, even the three points, all he has to do is stick his hand up and he can block a three-point shot from the net. Uh, it's, he's big. He's a big guy. Look up pictures if you have no idea who he is. I mean, it's, it's incredible. It really yeah. is. It's, it's absolutely astounding. It's like, and I you didn't know, what? know they made them that big. He definitely looks athletic, too. So you can't tell me he's not athletic. Can, can I tell you something? So 2016-2017 season at University of Central Florida. Mm-hmm. This man had nearly 350 rebounds. Total. That's a lot of rebounds. 129 offensive and 214 defensive. Okay. I think that's a little crazy. I think I think he might have accidentally been playing NBA 2K on easy. He probably should bump it up just a little bit. Those are stats that you get from playing any game on easy. <laughs> it's, it's absurd. It's absolutely ridiculous. Well, I kind of I kind of hope the Celtics keep him too because uh, I want to see him play in the NBA. I just want to oh see. Oh my play. God! He had 280 blocks in his career at UCF. I'm actually a little disappointed by that. I expect that, that's a little low. <laughs> he should have had like 2,000 easily, easily 2,000, like in a game. <laughs> uh, one thing I definitely want to talk about though before we move on to the next article, yeah, is his field goal percentage. Mm-hmm. He was a 74% field goal percentage. Seriously. Interesting. That was his career um, field goal percentage at UCF. So why was he undrafted? That's a very good I think it's because he's so slow. But that can't be the only Who reason. the hell cares? <laughs> the Bruins made Chara the captain. He skates negative mile per hour. <laughs> but he's their captain. It's you know what? I think that's what it is. Boston just likes slow people. I guess oh slow is in slow is in physically moving. Not as in <laughs> hold um, on. <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> wait, I did not mean it like that. Uh, Boston's a great city. I love Boston, but I mean Char. Oh my god, I mean, Char is like super like, slow, but like. Yeah. But that doesn't matter for the Bruins, and it's hockey. Listen, basketball, none of those guys are fast. You know, they all jog. They might be fast if they ran, but who runs in basketball? You don't have that much room to run. No, and no one cares because they're getting paid millions of dollars to hold a ball. Because so if they you think care. about Tom, by the time they reach a full sprint, you're at the other basket. Like, True. Let's be let's yeah. be real. You just need quick acceleration. You don't even need to be to be fast at all. Plus, he's seven foot seven. That's like two strides. It's all you have to do is dribble to have someone else dribble down the court. Yeah. Pass him the ball because nobody can cover him. Make him and a literally good just passer, like and you're just, good. Yeah. If you it's make him like an elite, much. no. If you make him an elite passer, you grab the rebound and you just chuck the ball good to somebody, and you're gonna get points that way. And he'll get assists and obviously rebounds. And if his field goal percentage stays above seventy, he's gonna get you points too. So, yeah, like, I don't, yeah. I don't get it. I don't get I don't why either. people pass on him. I wonder if there's another thing that's involved there. I, I don't know. I, I hope the, I hope the uh, Southwest give him a chance though. Um, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> taco, taco. Fall. Oh, it's it, it's the best. Um, I kind of want a taco is... fall jersey, but I don't want fall. 
on it. I just want Taco on his jersey. Like, you can't go by fall. Like, his jersey cannot say fall, right? It's got to say Taco. It's got to say Taco. Right? You have that, to. That'd be really stupid. Like, I remember when the Jets had the Brickashaw Ferguson. Oh, the, my God. The Brickashaw <laughs> might be the greatest name anyone's ever created. And <laughs> and so what did they do? <laughs> they put Ferguson on the back of his shirt, on his jersey. No, it's the apostrophe Brickashaw. How do you not put that on your jersey? You would sell every everybody would have a the Brickashaw jersey. So, so I sent you another picture. Yeah, and the I'm reason looking. why I did the only reason I did that is because the guy in the white mm-hmm. was the number one overall draft pick in the draft. He's he, he looks like a shrimp next to him. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy <laughs> to think man. that Zion Williamson. Number one draft pick yeah. is six foot six. That that kid's six six. <laughs> yes, and look at Fall next to him. He doesn't even get up to his bicep. He, he's a foot taller than him. Sincerely, he doesn't even get up to his bicep. That's that's crazy. Uh, anyway, Dan, what's the last story? That's a good one. That was a really good one. Give us one more. Okay, so the last article I have, it's an interesting one. Okay. Uh, I I don't know whether it's Justin Verlander being Justin Verlander could be, or if it's him just having an actually good point. Oh, so mm. the so okay. Heath feels that Major League Baseball is juicing the baseballs. <laughs> of course they are, and 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 this and this is why. Go ahead. The previous record for home runs hit in a season for uh-huh. the whole league. Yep. was two years ago, it was 6,105 home runs. The current pace that they're on, if it continues, if it doesn't let up, they're going to end up with 6,668 total home runs this year. And 6,542 of them by the Yankees. Pretty much. <laughs> That's a lot of home runs. And what... Um, Dan, I just really- got an ESPN update. Like a, mm-hmm. a a message from ESPN, I I I'm not kidding. I'm gonna snap. I'm I'm screenshotting this. It says Verlander MLB juicing balls? Question mark. Justin Verlander believes a hundred percent that the league has implemented juiced balls to increase offense. As you're telling me this story, I yep. get the story on my phone. <laughs> what? <laughs> so what he can't, comes in and says is that. Uh, MLB uh, MLB owns Rawlings, the uh, the ball company, and oh, you've got Rob the Manfred. MLB owns okay. Yes, and Manfred, uh, who's Rob Manfred, he's the commissioner of the, the commissioner. MLB, mm-hmm. comes in to the league and said the first thing he says is he wants to see more offense. <laughs> then he goes all of a sudden, and all these home runs start happening. Yeah, it's not a coincidence. We're not idiots. I mean, Dan, look at. The- Look at the Yankees Red Sox in England. Like that alone if, should be enough to it, Yeah, if you're if you're a league trying to spread your game around the world, what do you want? You want you want as many runs as possible. Like, I don't know, 17-13. You don't see that often. Like ever in baseball. And then all of a sudden, in in this one of the most important matchups in, in a long time, you see that and then you have another one the next day, almost as bad. And yeah, the home runs. I mean, you know, let me give you an example. Now, granted, Yankee Stadium is a small stadium. Okay, 
It's yes, not it a is. big stadium. It's just like Fenway. Fenway is like tucked in this little corner in Boston. Whatever. Aaron Judge, uh, who were they playing? I forget who they were playing. Uh, the Rays. Um, Aaron Judge hits what looks like on TV a pop-up. And it goes 10, 15 rows deep into the bleachers in Tampa. And central, center field in, in Tampa's it's extended, so it's really long. But it looked like a pop-up, and it just kept going. And you can't tell me it was the wind because why? They're indoors. They're indoors. And I mean, I know Aaron Judge is strong, but they showed the velocity uh, leaving the ball leaving the bat, and it wasn't even as high as he normally hits it. It was under 100 miles an hour, and yeah. it just sailed. That did, It didn't look natural to me. I remember I made that point to my dad. I was like, Judge just hit a pop-up out of the park. And so I, I can definitely back Verlander on this. It's the same thing like the NHL, Dan. When the NHL needed to uh, increase goals, what did they do to the goalies? They made their equipment smaller. They made their equipment smaller because now the goalies would have to uh, they would allow, you know, they're used to one size, and now they're they're going to let up more. Every league is going to try to do stuff like this, and mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't see why baseball would be any different. If anything, I think baseball would be the one that would lead this kind of thing because baseball is boring as hell. Yeah, I I I can't say that I can't disagree with you. Um, the one thing that kind of caught my eye, and I said, huh. Interesting, but at the same time, not surprised it came from a player like this, is that J.D. Martinez came out mm. and said that it's because the hitters are smarter. And mm. I think that does play a part because I think, you know, with some of the talented pitchers that are in the league mm-hmm. who can get tons of strikeouts, or if they're not that great, they're getting a lot of walks. I think it, there's that in-between of it's it's not a base hit, it's not a strikeout. It's not a walk. It's going to be a home run. And I think well, it's because yeah, a lot of these right. players want to just hit hit for the long yeah. ball. If You, you know, I, when I was watching the Yankee game, the, uh, the commentators broke down old swings versus new swings. Almost all new swings are uppercuts. They're intended yep. to send the ball up in the air so they can go out for home runs. So, yeah, the game has definitely changed. They de- It's definitely changed where a base hit is It's kind of like a, a rarity. Uh, home runs are what you want, but I, again, I, I like I said, I, I just see so many home runs leave the park, and I'm just like, that shouldn't have been a home run. And, and yeah, they might be smarter, but at the same time, if you look at if you look at the statistics, right, for the longest time, baseball kind of stayed in this in this like a straight line, and then all of a sudden in the '90s, it just starts rising up could it be something else maybe they're not juicing the the balls maybe the players are all juiced maybe now after that you know the witch hunt if you will uh, of like the early 2000s with clemens and bonds and mcguire is over maybe they're maybe mlb's like eh let's just turn a blind eye to hgh and and steroids and stuff like that maybe it's that i mean some of these players are really big not claiming aaron judge is on steroids because he'd break my heart if he was but if he it got busted for steroids tomorrow. I'm not surprised. He's a monster. So maybe they're turning a blind eye to that. I It could be a bunch of things, but the numbers don't lie. Like you said, 6,000 
600 home runs or whatever, that's a lot in a single season. And it's only going to get more and more crazy. And there's a reason I brought this up today, you know, and there's a method to my madness. You know, we are recording today on on July 8th. This episode is not going to come out until uh, the following week. But the Home Run Derby is tonight. Oh, and there's a reason. There's a reason I did it. Um, This Home Run Derby tonight, I'm actually very excited because you you don't have well, you don't have the typical, you know, Trout, Judge, Stanton, J.D. Martinez, like those guys who you know who can hit home runs. The thing that I'm most excited about is to see Vladimir Guerrero Jr. do his thing. Because his dad had one of the sweetest baseball swings I've ever seen next to Ken Griffey Jr. Really? He hacked at the ball. They just, they like, Vlad only, Vlad <coughs> swung at every ball. It didn't matter if it was a mile off the plate. He just whiffed at it. And, like, even to his own saying, it's like, all I did was swing to try to make contact. And like I don't know, I, I I view it completely opposite. I view his swing as more natural, but I, I don't know if it was the sweetest. I mean, I saw him swing at some balls that like, like whoa, what are you what are you doing? Ken hit- Ken Griffey Ken Griffey has the best swing of all time. I don't think that can ever be topped. His swing was beautiful. I you know what I can't even say because I really don't remember, but I, I can definitely take your word for it. I mean, he's one of the notable greats of all time, so probably you're probably right with that. And what I'm really most excited about is the fact that the lowest distance traveled of um, home runs this season by the participants, Mm -hmm. 426 feet is the shortest home run. Mm. (laughs) The longest home run being 473 feet. Okay. 473 feet. Yeah, that's a lot. That's uh. Holy crap! <laughs> that's a that's, that's a, a bomb. That's a hit. Who hit that? Does it say Josh that? Bell? Okay, plays for Pittsburgh. Lie. Oh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate that because uh, there it. is a New York Met in the home run derby. Oh, is it um, he, he, Pete Alonso? He's the number yeah, two Alonso. seed. Yeah, Alonso. Yeah, he's he's really good. I was watching him play uh, when the when the Mets came to town against the Yanks, and he's good. He if and, the the Mets will trade him, but the if they don't, he's a good player. And the other thing is, they're all young. I think they said the average age of this home run derby is like 24. Nice. Because you got Matt Chapman, you got Vlad Guerrero, Alex Bregman from Houston, Jock Peterson from the Dodgers, mm-hmm. Pete Alonso, Carlos mm-hmm. Santana, Josh Bell, Carlos and Santana, Ronald Acuna. He came, shouldn't he be making a new album? Oh, for God's sakes. <laughs> but I'm Listen, excited. I love good. the home run derby. I hope um, you enjoy it. I'm I'm going to... Um, go to sleep <laughs> wash my walls or something something that's like anything is more entertaining in my opinion but hey i hope you watch it that way you can tell us what it was like next week because i'm Absolutely. certainly not gonna watch a second of it <laughs> not a damn second of it so i'm actually i'm actually looking forward to a break uh like a sport break because like there's nothing on tonight there's no baseball there's no soccer there's no tennis because it's nighttime I'm like, hey, no baseball, nothing. So I can just play a video game or something. I'm I'm pretty excited. Today's a good day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, maybe we could play a video game. Ha ha. I'm not playing Dead by Daylight. That's um, fine. <laughs> That's fine. I need a break from that game anyway. Um, 
So we're going to take, speaking of break, we're going to take our last break. Ooh, when we come segue. back, we're going to uh, have our final thoughts and our wrap up. So stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. So we're going to do our final thoughts on a wrap-up. Tom, let's hear your final thoughts on uh, today's episode. USA, USA. I'm just happy that I'm very proud uh, of the U.S. women's national team for uh, second straight World Cup. Uh, they did it in great fashion with uh, a 2 nothing shutout. They're a very good team. Like you said, uh, they're young. They'll be back next time in four years, 2023. Hopefully we're still here in 2023 so we can watch them win a third straight World Cup, which if they do that, it's the, you're entering territory that you may never see again. So there'll be some excitement for that. Um, listen, Wimbledon, you know, I don't have any final thoughts on that yet because Wimbledon, the, the real Wimbledon is this week. So next week I'll have my final thoughts on that. But baseball, definitely something's odd with baseball. And I'm not complaining. I know this sounds crazy, and the, from our previous conversation, it probably sounded like I was bitching about it, but I'm not because baseball is so boring to me. So if if they make the baseballs lighter or more aerodynamic or maybe they just at one point just start throwing them out into the bleachers, I don't care. Just give me more runs. Something has to keep me occupied because if I sit and I watch another zero-zero baseball game, I'm I'm gonna cry. I just can't do it. It's so snooze fest. That's why for the longest time I always just watch baseball right around the playoffs. I know it's a fair weather fan, or you know, I just need excitement. That's why I like hockey. It's always moving, always moving. You know, and I I, I can't help but agree with you. Uh, you know, for my final thoughts. Um, this is the most I've actually watched baseball and actually enjoyed every second of it. Me too, honestly. As opposed to past years where it's like, oh, <laughs> it's one to nothing going into the eighth inning. It's just like, I want to just go into a coma. Yeah. I, it's like, just like, put me to sleep, please. You wanted to. I was already in one. It, it's it, it's so exciting. And, you know, granted, it makes for these pitchers getting PO'd. So which, what? You know, <laughs> Who cares? But guess what? You had years and years and years of having like sixteen strikeouts in a game. Let true. The, let the let the offense shine for once. And to be completely honest, like I I don't want to. I'm not trying to defend uh, just the batters. Uh, well, I guess this is going to come off as that. But if if you're if you're complaining that the, the too many home runs, maybe you should pitch better. I'm just saying because if you still put a good pitch up. There's a good chance that, that person is going to strike out. There's with all the home runs, I bet you if we look at the number of strikeouts, those numbers are even higher than the home run rates. Because yep. like you said, it's either a home run or a strikeout, and most of these guys get three strikeouts a game and then a and then a home run later in the game or whatever it is. Right. So, I don't know, don't complain about the lighter balls or or the juiced balls as Verlander said. Learn to pitch differently. I'm sorry, I'm not sympathetic toward that. You're a no. professional. D- you fix know, it. it's like you get paid millions and millions of dollars a year, something that not a lot of people in this world can say that they, a, they yeah, have the opportunity handful, to do. A handful. And you're complaining at the fact that 
uh, too many home runs are being hit. Yeah. Come on. It's just like the shift. Like when people complain about the shift. Oh, you know, we never used to see like this shift this much. Well, it, I'm sorry, but you can't figure out how to hit the ball to the opposite field and you're a professional. It's like if you're if the team that you're playing against knows that you're going to ground it to the left side, so they stack the left side and you just ground into that shift, that's your own fault for not redirecting the ball to the other side or bunting or something like that. So there's ways to be creative and whatnot. And, and and for every example that Verlander could give, you could also say, well, look at the pitchers who are still winning every other game. Mm-hmm. You know, like there are pitchers who are still going to win 20 games. That's not going to stop because they're better pitchers than you. And yet on the other spectrum, you got a guy like Chris Sale, who's probably having statistically one of the worst seasons he's ever had. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that'll happen. It's going to happen. And, you know, he's human. He can't, right. you know... But when... batters go into slumps all the time. You know, if it was as easy as, as Verlander seems to, to, to make it, then every batter would be batting over 300. Is that the case? No. No. I mean, there's still the same amount of batters in the, in the 300s as there ever was. Are there more home runs? Yeah. But like I said, there's a, a a lot of aspects to that, and if you're if you can't hang in, hang in, just pitch better. I don't know what else to tell you. Yeah, I mean, there's really nothing more to say. And it's like you know, if you keep tossing up meatballs, yeah, these guys who are great hitters like J.D. Martinez, like right. Aaron Judge, like Ronald Acuna, like those guys, they're gonna hit these balls out. Yeah. And if you can't figure out a way to pitch to these guys so they don't hit home runs, do it. Or don't. Stop making excuses. Or don't, because I like it like this. (laughs) (laughs) Like, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, don't fix anything. Just keep complaining and give up home runs because it's more more entertaining this way. It it makes me think of, like, the good old days with, like, and and people are going to make fun of me, but, like, Mark (laughs) McGuire. Like Sammy Sosa, Barry the, Bonds, are those the same Jose Canseco. That you had to walk seven miles in the snow to get to the grocery store? No, I'm talking about the days where there were just nothing but power hitters. Like I think each team had at least one. Like back like, when we were growing yeah. up. And like, yeah, they I were just tossing bombs, and it was great. Like You see them come up, oh, and you're yeah. like, oh, get ready oh, for a home so run. Fun. But Going that was when a- the home run derby was fun, right? Exactly. When, when you had these guys, these mammoths, who would go out and, and just give a show. And... and you know, I don't know. That that was more fun. Not for nothing, but like you you made me even less interested in tonight's home run derby by saying that none of these guys are in there. I don't want to see uh, Josh Bell or Drake Bell from Drake and Josh hit a home run. I don't care. No interest in seeing this guy hit a home run. I want to see Judge hit a home run or Stanton or or I don't know. Harper, even though I don't like Harper, it's a name. It's excitement. oh, I can't stand Harper. Yeah, but it would be fun to see him in one of these. So like, well, he won. He won last year. Well, I wouldn't know because I didn't watch it. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, the reason why he went in it last year is he was playing for the Nationals, and the All Star game was in Washington. So he entered as a hometown oh. guy, and he oh, won so the he, whole thing. So he had to, and they gave it to him. All right, great. <laughs> <laughs> well, salty. Um, not, not salty, just salty. like... Salty. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bring back Sammy Sosa. Does, can he walk? Does he like... 
What's he doing? We'll we'll we'll, we'll talk he's about up. that next week. But oh, really? he is he is um he's a lot different than he used to be. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> did you did 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 do you? <laughs> uh, I don't know the extent of it, so I'm looking forward to that. It, it's it's hor- it's horrifying. It, um, I, I, that's what I heard. That's what I've heard. It's really bad. <laughs> so, thank you everybody for joining us this week. Uh, join us next week when we talk about the uh, Wimbledon. Uh, is the final going to be uh, have happened at that point, yes. or is it going to be close? Uh, nope. Sunday is the final. So when we record on Monday, we will know the winner of Wimbledon. Okay, so we'll be talking about Wimbledon. We're going to be sure. talking some PGA. Oh yeah, because uh, the British Open is coming next week. Do I have so, to be that guy and correct you? It's the Open Championship. Or sorry, the Open Championship. You know what, Tom? Listen, Irish are not British. I'm sorry. They don't want to be called that. It's really offensive. And you just offended our, our Irish listeners. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Dan. You know what? I'm actually part Irish, so I offended well, myself. Well, then, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't think that's the way it works, but okay. I guess you can offend um, yourself by something. And we're going to talk maybe a little bit more baseball. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens, but... Uh, thank you again yeah. for tuning in. We're gonna make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Ride the Pine Pod. Also check out our merchandise at tpublicmerch.com. And uh from all of us here at Ride the Pine, thanks for tuning in. And Tom, I know you're gonna have that dad joke ready. Nah, I would be a stand up comedian, but I prefer to sit. So we're just gonna God Every week, listen. If, <laughs> if you had, if you worse. had, ju- if you had just ended it, I wouldn't have said it. But then you pushed, and I had to say it. <laughs> it's your fault. You did this. It is my fault. You well, did this. Thank you, thank you, thank you, everybody for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week.